Section 34 of the Medici, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Medici, Volume 1 by G. F. Young. Chapter 8 Giovanni, Leo X, Part 2 occupied in this constant succession of festivities field sports and literary and artistic delights leo led an easy jovial existence troubling himself as little as might be with political affairs and leaving the heavier burdens of the papacy whose course was at that epoch becoming from day to day more thickly strewn with rocks and shoals to be borne by his cousin giulio in fifteen fifteen the emperor maximilian's grandson charles then fifteen was invested with the government of flanders his father philip having died in fifteen o six his genealogy is important and was as follows maximilian of austria married mary of burgundy only child of charles the bold duke of burgundy they gave birth to philip archduke of austria and heir of flanders through his mother philip married joanna queen of spain and naples and the daughter of ferdinand king of aragon and isabella queen of castile and sister to catherine married to henry the eighth of england philip and joanna gave birth to charles v married to isabella daughter of the king of portugal ferdinand king of bohemia eleonora married one the king of portugal and two francis i of france and mary married to louis king of hungary in fifteen sixteen ferdinand of spain died and charles was invested with the government of spain and naples in place of his mother joanna who was set aside being mad in the same year the eight years war begun by the league of cambrai was brought to an end by the treaty of noyoux between francis and charles which left france in possession of lombardy and spain in possession of naples and sicily in 1519 the emperor maximilian died and charles succeeded to the crown of austria and flanders there ensued five months rivalry between francis i of france henry the eighth of england and charles of austria as to which of them should be elected emperor finally charles was elected thus charles v inherited austria from his grandfather maximilian flanders from his grandmother mary of burgundy spain and naples from his grandfather ferdinand and his grandmother isabella and the imperial title with such dominions as still remained to it by the election of the german diet the result of his election as emperor was a contest between the three rivals which lasted for twenty-eight years in which francis and charles were always opponents and henry sided sometimes with one and sometimes with the other in fifteen twenty charles v visited henry the eighth in england in may and in june francis i and henry the eighth held the meeting known as the field of the cloth of gold to cement their friendship in fifteen twenty one francis declared war against charles invading simultaneously luxembourg from one side of france and navarre from the other henry led by wolsey sided with charles the atmosphere of cultured paganism which leo x created around him in the vatican was unique and it has been too well described by ranca to be given in any other words he says at that time men sought to emulate the ancients in their own language 
leo x was an especial patron of this pursuit he read the well-written introduction to the history of jovius volume one two d aloud in his circle of intimates declaring that since the works of livy nothing so good had been produced a patron of the latin improvisators we may readily conceive the charm he would find in the talents of vida who could set forth a subject like a game of chess in the full tones of well-cadenced latin hexameters a mathematician celebrated for expounding his science in elegant latin was invited from portugal in this manner he leo would have had theology and church history written it was in his presence that the first tragedy was performed and also the first comedy produced in the italian language and this notwithstanding the objectionable character of a play that imitated plautus ariosto was among the acquaintances of his youth machiavelli composed more than one of his works expressly for him his halls galleries and chapels were filled by raphael with the rich ideal of human beauty he was a passionate lover of music and its sounds were daily heard floating through the palace leo himself humming the airs performed easily does life veil its own incongruities such a state of things was directly opposed to christian sentiment and conviction the schools of philosophy disputed as to whether the soul were really immortal or whether it were absolutely mortal nor are we to believe that these opinions were confined to a few erasmus declares himself astonished at the blasphemies that met his ears attempts were made to prove to him a foreigner by passages from pliny that the souls of men are absolutely identical with those of beasts such was the atmosphere in which leo x passed his life as pope and if this mode of life was less objectionable than that which had distinguished some of his immediate predecessors it was not less at variance with the urgent needs of the circumstances of the time for a storm was beginning to gather north of the alps destined in no long time to envelop all europe and to give the papacy other things to think of than light literature and the triumphs of art the papacy had fallen to one who neither outraged the world by crime and immorality like sixtus the fourth and alexander the sixth nor harassed mankind by perpetual war like julius the second but the causes which had long been tending towards a revolt from the papacy were still steadily at work and as the results of the invention of printing increased were ever gathering greater strength printing presses did not only reproduce the greek and latin works of pagan poets and the ancient manuscripts unearthed by ardent research included the writings of irenaeus and tertullian cyprian and basil no less than those of cicero and pliny tacitus and livy the work of cosimo and lorenzo was now about to produce results which they had never anticipated the new learning was no longer confined to florence or to italy it had spread far and wide carrying with it to germany to flanders to switzerland to france and to england the knowledge of the fraudulent basis on which the papal claim to supremacy in the church rested the knowledge of a christian age in which there had been no papacy and all bishops had been of equal rank and authority and the knowledge of a pre-existing scheme of christian doctrine not overlaid by the errors and corruptions which had subsequently grown up in the church at rome 
and as this knowledge spread wider and stronger grew the determination to end the existing state of things in the church to cast off the usurped supremacy of rome and to return to a purer form of christianity not that the roman church is to be justly charged with all that her opponents asserted the power developed by the papacy had in its time done great things for religion during a large part of the earlier middle ages the papacy was the sole authority in europe which stood for justice and righteousness and had it not possessed the power it gradually developed it would have been unable to withstand effectively as it did the almost universal unrighteousness in high places but that time was long past and for at least two centuries the papacy had only made use of its power for purposes of worldly aggrandizement with results that caused the condemnation which it incurred to be fully deserved the gradual spread of this newly acquired knowledge following on the failure of all efforts to obtain reform by means of a general council had by degrees made men ready as soon as opportunity should occur to fly to arms to obtain that reform which it was evident was to be gained in no other way this effect had been steadily growing during the pontificate of sixtus the fourth innocent the eighth alexander the sixth julius the second and leo the tenth but so little did these popes realize the conditions of the case that they seemed by the kind of life they led bent upon bringing about that appeal to arms they were bishops of the leading see of western christendom yet anything more opposed to the ideal life of a bishop whether measured by the standard of the earliest centuries of the church's life or by that of our own age than were their lives it would be hard to conceive and so the natural result followed in a conflagration which brought cruel wars and innumerable sufferings upon mankind and tore the civilized world asunder for one hundred and fifty years but in the end cleansed christendom and here we come upon one of those strange revelations impossible for anyone at the time to have seen but which history throwing its light back upon events long past every now and then shows to those who come afterwards from the time of cosimo we see four successive generations of the medici the very last family to wish to bring about such a movement as the reformation and the very family out of which were to come the two popes who were the leading opponents of that movement eagerly engaged in pursuing a course which made them little as they dreamt it the chief agents in producing that great revolt from the papacy for it was not luther but the new learning which produced the reformation a very little consideration will show that no single individual much less one placed in so obscure a position as luther could have produced a convulsion which shook all europe from end to end what luther did was to set light to materials which were ready to take fire and this new learning was created nourished fostered and endowed chiefly by the medici it is strange indeed to note what energy they devoted and what wealth they expended through a period of eighty years on that which was to bring upon the papacy such dire results and to do so during the very time that the papal throne was occupied by the two members of this family who in turn sat upon it of the five popes who have been named leo x 
was the one against whom mankind had by far the fewest accusations to bring it was however his fate to take the action which finally precipitated the crisis the legacy which julius the second had left him of building a new st peter's caused such a heavy drain on the resources of the papacy that it became necessary to find some unusual means for raising funds accordingly in fifteen seventeen leo published a bull declaring that the pope has the power of granting indulgences affecting the state of souls after death and that this doctrine was an essential article of belief and this was followed by the scandalous measure of the sale of these indulgences thus starting a traffic in holy things which roused northern europe to a pitch of indignation such as even the crimes of alexander the sixth had failed to call forth obviously one who doubted whether souls were immortal would find no difficulty in declaring his power to grant such indulgences or in selling them to any one who would give money for them and it is very probable that leo felt astonished at the uproar which his action aroused upon the issue of this bull by the pope luther published and nailed up on the door of the principal church at wittenberg his celebrated theses against both the sale of indulgences and all the additions which had been made to the theory and practice of indulgences during the thirteenth fourteenth and fifteenth centuries with all they involved the system of indulgences with the doctrines on which it was based was no new invention of leo the tenth it had existed for at least three hundred years and leo only redeclared it but the new learning had caused the temper of men's minds to change and the new departure of the sale of such indulgences came just when men were least disposed to endure it the conflagration quickly spread germany was soon in a blaze and flanders and switzerland showed signs of following suit luther proceeded to rouse all men against the iniquities of the papacy and to urge the assembly of a general council to purge the church and at length in june fifteen twenty he published his celebrated appeal to the christian nobility of the german nation four thousand copies were distributed with the greatest rapidity the printers working while luther wrote and it immediately produced a strong impression throughout germany at the same time from the other side leo published in all countries his bull of fifteen twenty condemning the doctrines of luther calling upon all princes and peoples to seize him and his adherents and excommunicating all who might harbour them this bull luther protected by the elector of saxony publicly and solemnly burnt at wittenberg and so began a conflict which was to last for generations splitting countries nations and even families asunder and having far-reaching effects which are still extending in the following year leo anxious to drive the french out of italy deserted francis and engaged to join charles in an attempt to regain milan the imperial and papal forces were commanded by the marquis of pescara and in november fifteen twenty one milan was captured the news reached leo at his villa of la maliana at the twenty-second november and filled him with the greatest joy but the same evening he caught a chill on returning hot and tired from the chase fever set in he returned to the vatican grew rapidly worse and died on first december there was as usual a suspicion that his death was due to poison 
and castiglione who was with him at maliana at first believed this but the post-mortem examination which was held failed to confirm the suspicion and in view of the excessively malarious character of the locality of maliana nothing could be more probable than that malarial fever contracted at the place where he so often resided should eventually be the cause of his death leo x was forty-five when he died he was buried at first in the vatican the result of julius the second's action in regard to st peter's was that neither he himself nor any of the three popes after him could be buried there and for several years no tomb was erected to leo x but after the death of clement the seventh fifteen thirty four it was decided that these two medici popes should be interred in the church of santa maria sopra minerva whereupon cardinal ippolito de medici removed leo x's remains from the vatican to that church and commenced the erection of the tombs of the two medici popes leo x and clement the seventh which are to be seen there after ippolito's untimely death in fifteen thirty five these tombs were completed by leo x's sister lucrezia salviati it would have been hard if the medici the greatest of all patrons of art and belonging to art's own special home florence should not have been able to show us a unique succession of portraits of themselves executed by the leading painters of their day and in leo x's case none other could of course be employed to paint his portrait than his own great protege and favorite raphael and so raphael has given us one of the most celebrated portraits in existence that of leo x with his two first cousins giulio de medici and luigi rossi which hangs in the pitti gallery and it tells us much of raphael's own character to note that even though he is entirely dependent upon this great patron yet he will not flatter him and we feel that we have the man to the life placed before us easy-going jovial indolent luxury-loving shrewd and worldly-wise all this he was and just so does raphael depict him his tendency to fat was not altogether his fault he had it throughout life and endeavored to combat it by outdoor pursuits and it was on the advice of his physicians that he carried these on even after he became pope notwithstanding the shock that it gave to the ideas held by the papal officials as to what was becoming in a pope his love of learning is indicated in the picture by the book which he has just been studying his love of all forms of art both by the illuminations of the book and by the highly chased silver bell and his indifferent eyesight which was proverbial by the spectacles and the magnifying glass which latter jovius says he used on all occasions of the two cardinals shown with him giulio is the one standing at the right hand of the pope who seems to be listening to his advice their respective attitudes through life giulio's clever and intelligent yet cold hard face is probably a much better likeness of him than that afterwards painted by andrea del sarto luigi rossi was the pope's secretary the picture is not only notable for its portraiture but also as a wonderful study of the combination of colors the whole except the pope's white robe being in various shades of crimson and red exultation to the papacy is probably the severest trial to character which this world holds 
and it was one which leo was not able to bear a steady deterioration in his character from the time that he became pope is the most marked feature in him many-sided like all his family he was a remarkable mixture of good and bad points but in the end the latter predominated end of section thirty four